It's time for Come and Talk It with your host, Michael Cargill, brought to you by Texas Law Shield. Over the last decade, Michael has championed and supported the rights of law-abiding Texans to own and use firearms. He is the owner of Central Texas Gunworks, a veteran of the United States Army, and has achieved national exposure in such prestigious media outlets such as Forbes Magazine, Fox Business News, CNN Money, AOL, BBC World News, Huffington Post, and the New York Times. Cargill vigorously defends lawful gun ownership in this country without regard to party politics. And now, here's Michael Cargill. Good day, Austin, Texas, the live music capital of the world. Let's praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. All right, so today we're going to talk about, you know, the charges were dropped against a man who purchased a gun for Kyle Rittenhouse. We'll talk about that and talk about what a straw purchase is. We want to make sure people understand that. So you can avoid getting a felony for buying a gun for someone else. I also want to talk about uh, Florida. A Florida police officer grabbed a fellow female uh, police officer by the throat. I'm going to talk about that. And then I want to talk about Fort Worth. Uh, near Fort Worth, uh, there was a hostage situation that took place yesterday. And see, it looks like uh, the FBI, the specialized team, uh, went in there and took this guy out and released all of the hostages. No one, the hostages were released unscathed, and the hostage taker was killed and taken out. And then also, we have inside the studio Janai Aragona Hales. She's running for Congress. Welcome to Janai. How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing great. How are you? I'm excited. I'm excited, Janai. That's right. It's been a while since you've been inside the studio, but you're running for Congress. Um, also, we're going to talk about that in a second, but check a look at this video here. Uh, it's a video of Florida, where a police sergeant grabs a fellow police officer, a female, by the throat doing a traffic stop that they were arresting another gentleman. It seems like the gentleman, the situation was under control, and it seemed like the police sergeant decided, to, I guess he was escalating the situation, and the female officer grabbed him by the, the belt there, pulled him back to kind of defuse it, trying to calm that situation down a little bit. And he got upset. He turned around. He grabbed her by the throat and pushed her up against another vehicle. Yeah, thing, you know, there's something about that. You know, if you do that to uh, one of your fellow, um, you know, your fellow co-workers, uh, you, I'm willing to bet he, he does that to his wife, his spouse. You know, if you grab your fellow co-worker by the throat there, in a heat of rage, you'll definitely do that to a spouse. Uh, so you might want to check check his uh, his wife's face, neck, arms, hands, and all that good kind of stuff. But something else is going on there because that's way that was way too quick. The way he responded there, and he got way too angry. It's not that serious, you know. This guy was already in handcuffs. He's already in the back of a vehicle. There's no reason getting upset and taking things personal. Let's take this guy that he's already in handcuffs. He's in the back of the vehicle. Take him to jail and let the judge and the jury decide what they're going to do with this guy. You can't serve justice on the side of the road there. So hopefully uh, the Florida Police Department, where this took place, I'm hoping that they're going to take care of this situation. And I hope the female officer doesn't – hope she doesn't get any you know repercussions for that because usually when you, you, know, you go against the blue there, uh, you do something against the norm, you tend to take some heat for it. So hopefully that does not happen and the sergeant – you know, gets all the heat. So we'll see what happens. That story will hopefully follow with that. But I'm excited. I want to talk to Janai about her run for Congress. You know, I'm excited about <laughs> Thank that. You. You're running for U.S. Congress. Yes, U.S. Congress. Washington, D.C. Yes, District 35. District 35. And this is this a new seat? It was Lloyd Doggett's seat, and he, because of redistricting, he's uh, going to another district. So okay, there's so no incumbent. All right, so Lloyd Dog has vacated the seat. He's moving to a different area. Mm -hmm. So this is an open seat, and it's up for grabs. Yes, and wow. on the left, it will be um, Greg Kassar has filed to run. Okay, and I'm and I'm willing to bet because he's vacated the seat. Is it, I wonder if it's because he's they've it's out of he's been drawn out of the district, or they perceive this to be more of a a conservative seat. I'm wondering how it's looking. What what are your advisors saying? Um, you know I. It, I don't think the demographics that say that suggest that it's a more conservative seat. No, no. It's, it's be... it's, uh, we think we, there's a good shot because Republicans are uh, polling plus eleven in every uh, race. Okay. So we think there's a good shot. And Greg Kassar is not very well liked in in Austin due to 
being on city council and he kind of spearheaded all the um the, the homeless ban um and uh, defunding the police things like that so yeah cuz uh this uh no people are very upset of how the homeless situation was handled mm-hmm. uh since he's been on city council they're upset um, the defunding of the police, the reason we're in a situation that we're in today, uh, while we have had so many of uh, homicides in Austin, more homicides in 2021 than any year ever on record. Yeah. And no one's saying that. They they can't say that enough. Austin has had more homicides in 2021 than any year ever on record. Yeah. Ever. You know, that's and that's pretty crazy. He, he was, Greg Kassar was also behind um, when I still had my store. He was behind the paid sick leave for hospitality workers and restaurant. Yeah. Okay. They, they they rescinded that because it was a complete mess. All right. So Janai is running for Congress, for U.S. Congress. And Janai, you, you, you owned your own business. Tell people who don't know you about you. You know, uh, what did you do? What's your background? You know, and how do you get to where you are today? Sure. Um, uh, I currently have a real estate license. And I've been doing that uh, licensed for three years now. And prior to that, I was a business owner and investor, which is what prompted me to get my real estate license. So we owned a chain of Domino's pizza stores along the Texas-Mexico border for, for a substantial amount of time. And they were the top stores in the country. And I came to Austin because I had secured the rights to the, for the entire state for a new franchise. And that was the cafe I had two blocks from the state capitol. And um, it was after having my cancer that I decided I wanted to go on a a different path. And so I sold it right before COVID and um, got my real estate license. And love it. I've been doing very well. Nice, nice. Okay. And so how is the the cancer? Is that it's under control? How's that doing? How's that going? Oh, I'm completely well. I'm three years cancer free nice. now. Nice. Congratulations. Yeah, <laughs> yeah doing com- three really years. Well. Three years. It's now. been that long? It's been that long. I know. Jeez, time flies. Let me tell you. Wow. Cancer free, three years. Yeah. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. All right. And then uh, you also you, you had a store downtown Austin. What was that store? That okay. was Cafe Aragona. That okay. was the franchise that I had. Um, and uh, I, as I said, I sold it right before COVID. Nice. All right. All right. So we're talking with uh, Janai Aragona. She's running for U.S. Congress. That's right, folks. U.S. Congress. And I'm telling you, we need to help Janai out and support her because we need someone on, you know, that's going to help us stand up for the Second Amendment in Congress. Because this next legis- this next session, you know, in Congress is going to be really important. So if we don't maintain or gain control of the House, if we don't gain control of the Senate, uh because you know the you know, the anti-gun establishment holds the the wine house there. If we don't gain control, uh, then we're most likely going to lose something, you know, of our rights there. So we're definitely going to want to maintain the our Second Amendment rights, and and so we're gonna we need to support. This is a very important election to support candidates going forward because this midterm election is so important. I cannot stress that enough. On what happens because the ATF, they're coming out with these new things they're trying to do as far as AKAR pistols. So if you don't say something to stand up now and go vote and support candidates who are going to support us, then we're going to lose some rights. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. This is Coley on the War, and you're listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. Talk 13.7, the right choice. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're back and we're talking with Janai Hells. She's running for Congress, U.S. Congress. And so, Janai, tell me, you know, why, well, first, give me the, the, the layout of this district. You know, where is this district? How can I put this in my head here so I can figure out where it is in Austin? Sure. So District 35, it starts on Rainy uh, in Austin, and it's pretty much east, all east of Rainy, and it goes as far north as 290. It's kind of like a half circle. 
and it goes, I think, as far as Maynard, and then it comes back down, goes down I-35, so it's through Buda, Kyle, San, San Marcos, uh, and then it's uh, parts of San Antonio, pretty much cent- central and south San Antonio. Is this on good? Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. All right. And then, and then tell me also, um, you know, so why, why are you running for this district? Why this district? Why Congress? Sure. Um, well, uh, aside from the obvious, we, we, as you know me, I'm very pro Second Amendment, um, having been assaulted uh, many years ago. Um, all the other various things going on uh, in our country. But this particular district, I think it's a very important district because uh, if you look at that area, that's where Tesla is. That's where this new Samsung uh, plant is going to be. There's a lot, a ton of growth out there with these huge, huge corporations going out there. And I think it's extremely important to have someone who's very pro-business, not someone who's going to want to heavily tax these people or... Uh, constrict them to where they can't grow. I think we need someone very pro-business in that district to help support that growth because Tesla, I mean, Elon Musk is one of the uh, largest property holders in the state now. He's he's purchased a ton of land out that way. That area is just exploding because of all the development going on. So I think it's very important to have someone who's very pro-business out there. Yeah, I think that's going to be good for Texas. Definitely. It is, definitely. Good, good for uh, employment and everything, you know. Uh, we're definitely gonna. You're not gonna have a problem getting the job. <laughs> no, uh, there's a ton of jobs from just those two uh, alone. Those just those two companies alone, not to mention the others. All right, all right. I also want to talk about the Oath Keepers, man. You know, Zach, yeah. man, Oath Keepers. So the founder of Oath, Oath Keepers, you know, I, I guess this guy was on the run for something that happened in in January at the Capitol, uh, January the 6th there. So the FBI located the Oath Keepers head, Stuart Rose, and to arrest him for a seditious conspiracy, is what they're calling it. And Rose was living in a Grand Granbury, Texas, uh, in that area there, but quietly moved out months ago. He opened up a P.O. box, and his physical whereabouts were really unclear for weeks until he started, guess what, selling his guns online. And that's how they caught him. Yeah. So this guy apparently started selling his guns online. He was, you know, hiding out, running, you know, hiding from the police. And that's how they tracked him down. So, you know, Rhodes apparently bought like 22,500 guns and and gun equipment between December the 30th and January the 4th as he traveled to D.C. And then between January 10th and 19th, he spent uh, another 17,500 in guns gun parts and equipment, totaling about 40,000 days immediately prior to the January 6th day there. And on apparently on December the 30th of 2020, Rose bought two night vision devices, one gun site for 7,000 and shipped them to an individual in Virginia near D.C. where they arrived January the 4th. He bought 4,500 in, in Mississippi on in gun equipment there, including sights, mounts, optic plates, magazines, and other gun parts. Man, so the FBI was all over this guy. You know, January the 1st and 2nd, 2021, Rose spent approximately 5000 on firearms and related equipment, including a shotgun, scope, magazine, sight, optics, bipod, mount, a case, ammunition, and gun cleaning supplies. So he bought a lot of stuff prior to getting, you know, to D.C. there. And, you know, we all know that guns are illegal in D.C. Yeah, and that's very interesting. Um, and it also reminds me of basically... Uh, the testimony from the FBI assistant director when she was asked, she was asked pretty straightforward. <laughs> were there any FBI agents involved in January 6th? Mm. And her answer was, I can't answer that question. Mm. She was asked, were any FBI agents involved in the violence on January 6th? I can't answer that question. Mm. <laughs> were any FBI agents involved in the planning of this event, I can't answer that question. <laughs> yeah, mm, very interesting. interesting. Very interesting. Very. Uh-huh. Uh, tells me that there's possibly some FBI agents in the crowd there that's helping the crowd get them all motivated to run into the building there. Yeah. Do you remember uh, the governor of governor of Michigan? Right? Wasn't it uh, the kidnapping plot? Oh yes, yes, yes. correct. So there were uh, Whitmer. Yeah, there were. 12 or 13 people involved in the kidnapping plot. Okay. And I believe it was seven of them 
were FBI agents. Mm. Oh, wow. Or somewhere around half. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Ooh, so it's, it's almost seems like this. that's more like the FBI. <laughs> I was trying to kidnap the governor. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> you, you can go either way with that story. Was the mm-hmm. FBI that was doing it? Or was it someone else? You know? Yeah, there were quite a few. Wow, that's crazy. Uh, so, yeah, so this guy here, um, and you know he has a patch over his eye. You know that? He's a pirate. Yeah. Well, and you know, you know how he got that patch? No. Uh, apparently, he got that patch from a negligent gun discharge. So mm. he accidentally, negligently, you know, shot himself in the face when he was younger. Well, yeah. Uh, sometimes, if you have the barrel pointed uh, <laughs> at your of, face, you know, if, even if it's not pointed at your face, right. but the 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 explosion happens in your face, even if the bullet doesn't hit you mm. directly, then right. that explosion will still just harm you in some way. Mm. Mm. And that's no fun. No, no fun at all. Yeah. Now he's missing an eye, huh? Yeah. So that apparently that happened when he was younger. So, uh, yeah, so they, I think it was right around, like, 1993, he dropped a loaded handgun, and it shot him in the face, blinding him in his left eye. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so, ooh, got to be careful. Yeah. Ow. That's right. You uh, only get two eyes, you know? <laughs> gun safety. Except for your third eye. That's right. Mm-hmm. Maintain control of your firearm at all times. Keep the gun pointed down range at all times. Don't point the gun at anything you want to kill or destroy. Those safety rules are there for a reason. Got to be careful. All right. So also, I want to talk about, um, man, the Austin Police Department. Uh, they're, they're, you know, we, we talked about the bad cop situation. That was the one in Florida where a video shows a police sergeant grabbing a fellow officer by her throat. You know, bad cop, no donut for him. And then there's a good cop situation where an Austin police officer responded to a scene where it was on Christmas Eve. This happened on Christmas Eve where originally it was a, it was a call that went out. It was a, a car accident, you know, and this happened not too far away from my house, actually. So I was actually listening to this as it played out. And so the call went out. There was a car accident at a major intersection. And so before the police got there, I guess it took them. You know, they're, they're just really not responding to accidents nowadays. So because they don't mm-hmm. just don't have the, enough police officers out there to respond to that. Plus, Christmas Eve, a lot of people were firing rounds in the air. And so there are a lot That's of things going on. There. Yeah, there's a lot of things going on on Christmas Why Eve. Why would you do that? <laughs> it's so, tradition. That's right. It's it's tradition. <laughs> we all do it. Everyone does it. <laughs> and so, um, so the police didn't respond right away to the car accident. And so eventually, uh, it after a while, there's apparently the guy got out of the vehicle with an AR-15, start firing rounds in the air in the intersection. And he makes his way down the highway, and another 911 call goes out. And then take a listen to this video here. Officer calls. I got the firearm. Hey, go, go, gloves. I'm covering. Put him in cuffs. We're starting medical. All right, they I want you to, and I want I want to go back a little bit because I want to, I want you to hear the nine one call and how that goes out because the first, one of the first things that you know in in Austin area I don't know if you know this or not they ask you key things you know do you what do you need and they ask you certain things so take a listen to this Austin nine one one do you need police fire EMS or mental health services police to what location uh, there is a guy at the, uh, one, uh, there's an accident at 183, uh, under the cha- uh, Cameron Road, under the bridge. On the and there's a guy walking around with a gun in his hand, man. Is he a white uh, uh, assault rifle. He's Hispanic, I think. And see, I want you to listen to that because whenever something's happening, and I know you get, you know, kind of caught up in the situation and, and what's going on, but you need to be prepared when you're talking to a 911 dispatcher to give them the information that they need. You know, they're asking you, what do you need? Do you need, you know, fire, EMS, police, you know, mental health services? You know, what exactly do you need? And so you got to be prepared to say that. I need police or I need paramedics. I need police or and paramedics. Tell them what you need. And then tell them what's going on, what exactly is happening. Then tell them where, you know, where is, where it is that is actually happening. You know, give them the address. Give them a good description of the person. You know, what's their description? Are they white? Are they black? Are they Hispanic? Because you can be white Hispanic, you can be black Hispanic. You know, give them the information they need. What color clothing are they wearing? 
you know. And so this officer responded, and this officer did a great job, by the way. This officer got there. You know, this guy's walking down the highway with the AR-15. He had been firing shots in the air or just randomly firing shots at whatever. And so the officer asked him to drop the gun. He didn't respond. He didn't drop the gun. And he fired and stopped him and stopped that threat and initially, you know, neutralized the threat and took charge of the situation. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Yo, what's going on, guys? It's Chad Jones here, and I get my gun news from Michael Cargill on Come and Talk It. Austin's Talk, 1370. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right. So we're talking with Janai Hill. She's running for U.S. Congress. We're also talking about the gun news all around the country here. Talking about the shooting that happened in Fort Worth, the hostage situation there. Man, Zach, let me tell you. So on Saturday in Fort Worth, there was a hostage situation. Did you know about this thing? Uh, A little bit. Is it a Jewish synagogue? Yeah, it was at a Jewish synagogue. And, you know, they were apparently they were live streaming. Doing their yeah, services. Facebook cut their feed too. Oh, I bet, mm-hmm. I bet, and, and and so live streaming. All of a sudden, this thing come, and it always happens like that lately because a lot of your churches, your places of worship, a lot of people are at home, you know, because of Omicron, COVID, whatever, and so they're live streaming so they can, you know, you know, my my sister does this. She sits in, you know, she sits in church on Sunday and you know watches it on YouTube, and so. This is how they found out that, man, there's a shooting taking place, hostage situation. And so this happened on Saturday. And the, the FBI, you know, it took a little while to get their team in because they, they have a 100-member FBI hostage rescue team, uh, a Tier 1 operation that actually brought this situation to a close. You know, and, I'm, I'm, and I'm sure these people were all around the country. They came out of Virginia, other places. You know, this is on a Saturday so they get you know get together, get to their destination, wherever state that they were in, get on a flight, helicopter, plane, whatever, get here, you know, to Texas, and then get together, get familiar with the situation, get updated, you know, get a little map so they can see the outline of the building, what they what they're looking at. You got to look at that, and then you know, once it gets dark, you can look at the you know heat signatures, you know, of everyone inside, and then figure out where the hot the uh, the bad guy is. So if you see the bad guy, um, you know, with the, the his you know, his or her heat signature, and then they can actually get in, take this guy out, and then free the hostages. And that's basically what happened. And so that took place on Saturday, just like it's supposed to take place. You know, we're, you know, let the hostages free. They got it unscathed, and we take the bad guy out. And apparently, um, I'm trying to see what information we're getting out of this. Um you know who this guy was so he was a pakistani neuroscientist mm. and uh or no sorry he was uh demanding the release of a pakistani wow. neuroscientist who had tried to kill um uh us army officers in afghanistan oh really yeah oh wow yeah it's a really bad guy there uh-huh. and he was a british british national british national uh so hmm interesting so well, I'm glad they took him out. Uh, we, you know, we, there's a, we, in Texas, you know, it really happened back in 2015 where the state of Texas said, okay, finally we need to do something in Texas to help churches, places of worship out. They said, what we're going to do is we're going to allow the congregation to be security. You know, they don't have to hire a police officer, don't have to hire a security officer. What they can do, the church, the place of worship, can name members in the congregation as security. You know, they can carry a gun, get a license. They can't wear a uniform that says security on it, but they can, you know, be church security and defend the church. Because if you think about it, when it comes to your 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 places of worship, your churches, usually the minister, preacher, rabbi is that person that's facing the door where everyone walks in and the everyone else you know, has their back to the door. So you don't see where the bad guy is when the bad guy comes in. So, you know, it's it's good to have your security. And a lot of churches have started doing this. And so um, we, we need to take this serious, you know, because you're very vulnerable, uh, vulnerable there uh, when it comes to places of worship. 
So, you know, your rabbi, uh, whether it's a, a synagogue, whether it's a church, you know, Church of God in Christ, your, you know, AME church or whatever, or uh, Catholic church, uh, you got to take security very serious because bad guys, hey, they don't care. You know, they're assuming that people are there to to pray, to worship the Lord. Uh, they're not thinking about their personal safety. So we need to take that a little serious nowadays. And I'm glad the state of Texas changed something back in 2015 because of the Southern Springs Church shooting. Because of that sh shooting there, they said, okay, we're going to uh, change our law. It's going to allow the congregation to be their, you know, be their own security there. They don't have to hire a police officer, security officer, and they could be church security. And so they removed that from the section of the law where it was and treated churches like any other business. So you walk into a church, if you have a license, you can nowadays, as of 2022 here, here we are in January 2022, with or without a license, you can carry a gun inside of a church legally. So it's no longer a no-gun zone. I've heard, I've seen a lot of comments online about that. They're saying, hey, church is a no-gun zone. Ah, no, not really, unless the church decides to post a sign that says guns are you know, not allowed. They post a 30.05 sign or some other gun buster sign for constitutional carry. You know, if they post any other sign for constitutional carry, then you can't carry. If you're a license holder, they post a 30.06 sign, a 07 sign, then you cannot carry. But guess what? As a license holder and you go into that church, if you go into the church and you don't see the sign, you don't notice it, you're a license holder, then they have to tell you verbally to leave. They have to give you verbal notice. So, um, and I kind of like that. You know, we were talking earlier, I guess we were talking during the break about, you know, to, to, Go to a transition here. <laughs> I hate to do this. We're talking about bars, <laughs> going into <laughs> going into bars that on Sixth Street, you know, Fifth Street, Fourth Street, whatever, East West, you know, the Warehouse District. And I'm 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 surprised. It shocks me even today. You know, here we are January 2022, 2022, and you still have a lot of your what I consider bars are not really bars. They're restaurants. You know, which means that they change your liquor license from a bar to a restaurant. So you can legally take your gun inside there. And I'm always shocked by this. So I always, even today, pull up pull up the TABC app there or I pull up their website and I verify that a particular establishment that I'm getting ready to walk into, if I can carry my gun inside. And I always carry my gun inside. Every single uh, restaurant, you know, that I go into, you know, which look to me, they look like bars, but their liquor license says they're a restaurant. That's amazing to me. <laughs> Is it right, Zach? Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> you got to check. Yeah, you just check and verify. And then if you don't see it, you're a license holder, you don't see the sign, guess what? I walk inside, I'm doing a good job of concealing my handgun. They'll never know I'm carrying a gun because I'm doing a good job of concealing it. If for some reason they figure out I have a gun, they tell me to leave, I leave, there's no punishment. If they don't say anything to me, they call the police and the police show up while I'm inside that, that bar that's actually a restaurant according to their liquor license. And the police officer tells me, to leave, I leave, there's no punishment. If I refuse to leave, then becomes criminal trespass, which is a class A misdemeanor. If you do that and they have any type of sign at all that's posted and you're carrying in the Texas Constitutional Carry Law and you bypass the sign, then you are committing a crime. So definitely you need to know what the laws are. And I, I like that I can go into a lot of our drinking establishments and actually carry my firearm. And, and you can now drink too. Yeah, and I can actually I can actually drink. I can be at least point zero eight as a license holder as of September the first of twenty twenty one. With a license, you can be point zero eight. Uh, without a license on the constitutional carry law, you cannot be intoxicated at all. So, ha. yeah, it used to be reversed. It used to be the other way. That's right. Mm -hmm. it used to be if you had a license, you couldn't be. Uh, you couldn't be intoxicated, so they flipped the script a little bit. They changed it around on us a little bit. And if you didn't have a license, then you could be intoxicated. Yeah. So now, now they've switched that up yeah. in favor of the license holder, which, I mean, it's kind of smarter that way, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hey, let, Janai, so yes. t tell me, um, what are some of the things that you're interested in as far as Congress? You know, what, what are some of your pet peeves? What do you think you want to focus on, you think? Uh, gosh, there's so many. Right. I, um. Uh, definitely uh, want to protect Second Amendment rights, right? Um, I am not I, for any vaccine mandates. That's not something I think that needs to be done. Uh, want to make sure that 
the country is never shut down again. Um, I think we can survive another shutdown. I don't think so. No. And I, I really don't know why we did it in the first place. The Businesses whole... are not going to be to survive that. No. Um, a, a great example of that is, um, as I said, I sold my business um, right before COVID. And, and you were lucky. I know. The timing, I mean, I didn't know anything, but yeah, the timing worked out perfectly. But um, I, I sold my business to... Um, a couple from California, and um, they had moved here. His parents were from Vietnam. That was their dream, to own a business. Mm. And um, I set them up with a great business. Uh, It was a thriving business. Thriving business, yeah. yeah. And six months later, they emailed me saying that they were asking me for advice because they were going to have to shut down permanently. Mm. And, you know, I told them at the time, that was when we were heavily locked down. I said, unless you can go to people, i.e. go strictly delivery, because that business was walk-in, you know, foot traffic type, uh, you're not going to be able to make it. Mm. And they didn't know how to make that transition, so they shut down permanently. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. They lost all that money that they oh, made. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, well, no. When you say businesses won't be able to survive, it's the small businesses that wouldn't be able to survive in that in that. uh climate that they've created and that's part of the plan right i know it's terrible another Mm. thing you know um biden uh has been talking about getting rid of the 1031 exchange for investors Mm. which is something that really you know real estate is a very big part of the economy and if you remove the 1031 exchange we're going to really uh impact the economy people aren't going to be selling as much they're just going to hold on to their properties, mm. and uh, that that to me is would would devastate our economy. Yeah, yeah. And, and and I just hate how, you know, for this this area, you know, Austin, I hate how we don't have enough law enforcement. You know, we need to hold law enforcement accountable, and then we need no meet. You need more law enforcement per how many citizens we have in this city. The city is growing. We're growing really fast. And even during COVID, you know, we had so many people move here to Austin, you know, in 2020. Yeah, absolutely. And that's another thing, um, you know, pertaining to this area. We cannot defund the police like they did. We have to have plenty of uh, police on the ground. Uh, It's just I I agree with some of what um, city council is saying in that we need to sometimes have mental health care workers. Trust me, as someone who suffered PTSD for years from my attack. I understand that completely. But uh, removing some of our police from the equation is not the answer. If anything, we need to add more to the budget. We need to keep our area safe. The more police you have, studies show the safer the area is. We don't have anywhere near the amount of police we need here. Yeah, the amount of road rage that's actually increased because the lack of police officers on the road has actually grown greatly. Yeah, and you know, just last week, Austin had hundreds of sex offenders uh, removed from police supervision because of the defunding. Oof. Yeah, that's another thing. As someone who has experienced sexual assault, um, I really, really think rape laws need to be tighter. All right, we come back from the break. I'm going to ask you about that. You know, what happened with you um, with the incident, you know, uh, and, you know, how you got to where you are today. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Peace, this is Mark Ture. You're listening to Come and Talk It Radio with Michael Cargill. Talk thirteen seventy. Welcome back to Come and Talk It, and now here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're back and we're talking about the events around the country when it comes to self defense. Uh, man, Zach, did you hear about this? There was a in New Jersey. This guy apparently was driving a backhoe uh, through homes in the neighborhood and hitting cars and. And all that good kind of stuff. He went on a rampage. Rampage happened on what is it Saturday? What was with Saturday? Was were the stars aligned 
in the weird way Saturday? There was a lot going on Saturday. I know the moon was almost full. Is that what it, is that what it was? Uh-huh. It was crazy. So a dramatic video was released Thursday. Well, no, I guess Thursday by New Jersey Office of Attorney General shows that the fatal shooting of a 20-year-old man when police officers tried to stop him as he was driving a construction backhoe into cars, homes in the city of Vineland um, in New Jersey there. So apparently this guy, and I guess the video just came out where the uh, Mr. Joshua Gonzalez there, 20-year-old from Melville, was killed according to the, the release of the city there. And so when police arrived at the scene, this guy, you know, started hitting police cars. You know, police officers are running for their life. <laughs> the neighbors are running for their life. He's, you know, running to other cars. He just starts running to homes, trying to knock the homes down with the backhoe. And eventually they took him out. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> That's right. Sometimes you just, you know, sometimes it's just what you have to do. You never hurt anybody, you know. Yeah, like my great-grandfather used to say, you know, I like to bring everyone to the Lord. You know, and he always had this Bible with him. He said, Michael, I want to bring everyone the Lord. He always had that Bible. He would open up that Bible. In the middle of the Bible there, there's a hole cut out. He said, Michael, I'd, I'd like to bring everyone the Lord. My great-grandfather reached into that Bible. He would take out this revolver that was in that little hole in that, in that Bible. And he said, when I cannot bring them to the Lord, I'm going to send them to the Lord. And sometimes you got to send them to the Lord. <laughs> just got it. I'm just keeping it going to get you for that. <laughs> I mean, he just wrecked a couple of cars and buildings, right? That was it. <laughs> Tried to run people over. <laughs> They're running for their life. <laughs> you had to stop this guy. And he, there was no end in sight. You know, so police officer attempted to stop him for approximately 30 minutes. They're trying to stop this guy. 30 minutes. That's a long time. 30 minutes. He wouldn't stop. Wow. Uh, during which time, Mr. Gonzalez caused extensive damage to several residences and vehicles, including three police cars, an ambulance, and an occupied civilian vehicle. So they had to stop this guy. Wow. They didn't have a choice. Why? Why did they have to stop him? He was just messing with a couple cars, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, well, now Jesus will decide. <laughs> so, you know, we'll see what happens there. <laughs> um, and, and so let's, I want to go back to Janai, you know, so Janai, yeah. um, all right, so Janai is running for Congress, U.S. Congress. And tell me your website. Uh, JaniiforTexas.com. Okay, and how can we find you? Are you on Twitter, Facebook? I'm on Twitter, Janai Aragona. Nice, all right. And then so and we can donate? Yes, through Twitter or uh, WinRed. If you go to WinRed, uh, their website, and put in Janai for Texas, you can donate through there. And we definitely need to raise some money to market and get get my name out there and uh, make a push to win the primary. And, 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 and I was telling you the importance of this election because this is the midterm election. This is where typically what happens is if we do it right, what happens is whoever holds the White House loses either the House or the Senate or both. And so there's an opportunity here. And so we need to get good candidates forward because this is the year what's going to happen. You're, something's going to happen with AR pistols. Something, something's going to happen with AK pistols. The ATF is going to come down with a ruling, and if Congress creates a law where they talk about, you know, redoing the definition of machine guns, you can lose a lot of different triggers and things of that nature as well. So this is a really important year. This is the line because we have a lot of court cases that are going forward now that we're going to see some case law that happens within the next two years. Uh, there's a there's several bump stock cases that are going forward. We're going to see some rulings come down. These cases are going to go to the Supreme Court. And all it takes is for Congress to come back. And Congress says, you know what? We're going to rewrite the law. And we're going to change the definition of what a, a machine gun is. And then those cases then die. And we're going to lose uh, bump stocks. You lose AR pistols, AK pistols. You know, you're going to lose some of the, you know, some of those little trinkets and and things there, and we're going to turn millions, millions of America, uh, Americans into felons overnight by doing this. We already lost bump stocks. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's right. And you know, and man, I tell you, it's just you know, you got it. We we got to stand up. Elections are very important. Yeah, elections are important. You know, uh, with every bump stock came a letter from the ATF. It was a copy of the letter that said uh, this was the legal. owner 
of and the creator of the bump stock sent a bump stock to the ATF and said, hey, take a look at this. Tell me what you think. ATF wrote him a letter back saying, yes, this does not fit the definition of a machine gun. You are fine. This is a legal product. Everything is fine. Mm. And then after that shooting in Vegas, after President Trump wanted them outlawed, basically said, hey, we need to look into these bump stocks. And then the ATF changed their mind and said, oh, okay, well, they're illegal now. Anyone that owns one is a felon. Mm. Yeah. Get, yeah, man, I tell you, I, I, you know, I don't want to lose, I don't want to lose anything, to be honest with you. I don't want to lose, you know, even though I didn't, I, bump stock really wasn't a big deal for me, you know, but. That's the principle of it. it exactly. It, that's the thing. You give, if you give an inch, then they're going to take a mile yeah. and then we're going to, you know, wake up the next day and look, you know. Here we are fighting for, I never thought we'd be fighting for AR pistols, you know, to be able to have an AR pistol. And all it takes is just, it's going to take them to change their mind. And the way this, the way the ATF, you know, the language is written in what they're saying now, they're going to have, you're going to have to register, you know, it's going to be a backdoor registration of your AR pistols. You know, so I'm telling you now, you do not what this, this looks really bad to me. It looks really bad. And also, they've come out with, they've stepped their foot in the door and said, hey, we need to make sure that every gun store, which we're already doing right now, every gun store, you know, you're providing, you know, safes, you're providing locks for people. They're saying now, well, now you have to do this. Well, we're already doing this. So why do you tell me I have to do something that I'm already doing? It doesn't make sense at all. So that tells me that they're going to take it a step further. You know, mm -hmm. something else is going to happen. So this is what they're trying to do is put gun stores out. If you can shut down yeah. some of the gun stores and force them to close their doors, you know, then Make they can. It difficult you know, to purchase. That's right. So I'm telling you, you got to wake up. And this election is very important. This is going to be the key. This is going to be where the pendulum is swing either to the left or to the right. This is a very important election here, this midterm. Very important. Yeah. And so I'm glad you're running. Yeah. I'm glad you're not that you're I, running. I will always be pro Second Amendment based on. Uh, my own personal experience. Yeah, and, and and you're doing good with real estate. I'm doing fantastic. Doing good with that. Mm -hmm. Okay, awesome. Um, didn't you've done great as a small business owner? You know, yeah, uh, starting I'm, a business from scratch. I've done it multiple times. Um, and different been, businesses. Yep, been successful at it. And I, this in real estate did the same thing. In uh, uh, three years, I have my own team, and uh, I, I've done more deals than what the average person that's been doing real estate does in 10 years. So I'm doing quite well. Now, tonight there was a story. There's something that happened with you. That was a personal story. Yes. And I want you to tell me, you know, a little bit about the, about that story because that shaped you into the person that you are today. Correct. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've had a few, um, my sister was raped and murdered in North Carolina in 1991. And, um, I moved to Texas in 1987 uh, from North Carolina, but in 1994, I didn't know I had a, a stalker. And uh, one morning I woke up with a stranger sitting down next to my bed staring at me who proceeded to try to rape me. And I fought for my life for 30 minutes um, uh, being long, strangled. Yeah, I know because I, there time. was a clock in the room. I, I distinctly recall. That's a long um, time. I finally escaped after almost biting his finger off while he was uh, strangling me. But um, I bought my first gun after that. And I have been a very big proponent of the Second Amendment ever since then. And uh, come to find out the person that attacked me was uh, illegal in this country as well. Mm. So I am definitely for um, uh, having a border wall and protecting our border. Uh, that happened to me on on the uh, border when I was living in McAllen. I lived there for about 20 years. Mm. And so those things, uh, they definitely shape me. I'm not a cynical person, but I understand that, I mean, most we, we need to protect ourselves. There are some people that will try to do harm to us, and we should have that right. And uh, I, that right needs to kept, be kept sacred, and uh, it should never be taken away. And I would never allow that. All right, we come back from the break. Uh, someone's asking school choice. What's your stance on school choice? And someone's asking you also to define 1031. 
you know, what that is. When we come back from the break, I'm going to ask you to talk about that school choice and 1031. We're talking with Janai Aragona. She's running for U.S. Congress. Uh, I'm excited about this. U.S. Congress, because we need someone. We need our voice. You know, we need to stand up and fight. We got to make sure that someone's going to speak for us when it comes to D.C. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk. Folks, this is Doug Man Jones. <laughs> and I get my gun news from Michael Cargill at Come and Talk. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, we're talking about self-defense uh, situations all around the country here. We're talking about shootings. We're talking about, you know, good things and bad things that have happened. We're trying to educate you on the law, trying to make sure that whenever something happens, you don't have that bad interaction with law enforcement. You know, how you should conduct yourself, what you should do after you're involved in a shooting. I want to talk about all that stuff. And here now, what I want to talk about is what you should not do. Here's what you should not do. A wife of Ohio man killed by an officer doing New Year's ritual says cop shot without warning through their fence. Let me tell you something. You know, I don't even know where to start with this, Zach. (laughs) (laughs) Where are you going to start with this? Like, where do I start with this? Okay. Because the widow of an Ohio man shot and killed by a police officer on New Year's Eve day once justice after she said her husband was gunned down he was gunned down without warning during their annual celebratory gunfire ritual as a calendar turned over to the next year are you freaking crazy who goes outside and fires an ar-15 in the air a bunch of people in that neighborhood according to the wife and it's a and it's a ritual are you people nuts yeah that is crazy i guess they don't realize that that bullet goes up and then it comes back it's down back and down. if you're at an angle you're it's traveling miles mm-hmm. <laughs> you know before it hits it comes down and hits something you know that's that's insane get her done <laughs> you don't do that don't do that you do not fire rounds in the air you cannot do warning shots you know just like you can't shoot trespassers you know, you can't go outside of New Year's, Christmas Eve, Fourth of July, and fire rounds in the air. I don't care who does it. I don't care if, you know, John John, JoJo, Momo, you know, Billy Bob does it next door. That is not a good thing. That's what Red Next do. <laughs> he just can't do it. <laughs> he just cannot do it. I'm telling you. So this couple here, you know, let me see. What are their names? M- Marguerite Williams and her husband. Marquetta Williams. Is it Marquetta? Marquetta. Marquetta. Marquetta Williams and her husband, you know, decided to go outside, you know, their backyard there and fire rounds in the air. So the woman told the newspaper that her husband, James Williams, had been firing off celebratory gunshots with his AR-15 skyward into the air in their backyard. A tradition for people in their neighborhood. I don't want any of the water any of you fools are drinking. That is crazy. You don't do that. I don't even know what to say to that. You, they did that. Though. It's not okay, people. <laughs> it's not okay. How do you not know that's not okay? I don't get it. How do you not know that? Those are negligent discharges, right? <laughs> oh my goodness! You know, uh, you know, if you do that in in Texas, you're talking about man aggravated assault, deadly conduct. You're talking felony, 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 felony. You do not do that. You don't fire rounds in the air. You don't fire warning shots. None of that stuff. Her husband fired four shots in the air total. And according to Marquetta Williams, you know, uh, is what she says. When, when he turned around to follow his wife back into the house where she had been standing only a foot away, he said, I've been shot. Well, of course, you fired rounds in the air. <laughs> and, and, and let's roll this video. Take a look at this. Shots fired. Shots fired. Police, get down now! Police, get down now! Can't come. Shots fired. Send us everybody. It looked like that cop just shot through the fence. Is that right? (laughs) Yeah, he unloaded. 
He just shot through the fence, not knowing what's on the other side. Now you know what he was doing. <laughs> oh, wow. This whole situation is just mad. Bad, bad. Uh-huh. Bad on both sides. You know, he's firing, you know, idiot number one's firing rounds in the air. Idiot number two's response to the scene, he's firing, he don't know what he, what's on the other side of the fence. Jeez. Bad and bad. Both of you are idiots. <laughs> both complete idiots there. This is just crazy. I, whatever they're drinking, whatever the water is in that system, you know, in that area, that part of, what is this, Ohio? I want to make sure I don't drink anything or eat any food in that area. <laughs> I'd like to fly straight through, please. <laughs> Bypass these idiots, because they're you You people are all stupid. Yeah, Gary's told me some stories about Ohio folks. Yeah, yeah. The men from Ohio are definitely some dumb folks, let me tell you. <laughs> but not Gary. Gary's very smart and great. Mm, He's okay. the best. Ask anyone. Mm. Everyone agrees. <laughs> <laughs> Except if, for Casey. If you say so. <laughs> if you say so. I'm telling you. I, I just, man, this, this story is wild here. So out of the blue, he said he got shot. He got hit. Williams explained, I don't know where it, you know, where it came from. Nobody said anything. He yeah, didn't say police. Shot through the they didn't say freeze. They didn't say they just drop your weapon. They just shot him. I could see blood splatter, splattering across the, uh, you know, everywhere there. So, man, it's just good gracious. Uh, I don't even know what to say to that. Surprised I, she didn't get shot, too. Yeah, yeah. You're very lucky. Yeah, Got to know what your, your threat is and what's behind that threat. You know, if you're going to respond to something like that, you know, make sure you can see that threat and stop that threat. You know, just don't blindly fire through a fence. You can't see what's going on. Don't blindly and, just fire into the sky. And don't just fire into the sky. My goodness. <sighs> I love this story you know, that I'm reading because it just has, you know, pizza on the side. It's just making me hungry. <laughs> it's, it's a sign there. It's all I see is pizza. It's like, oh, man, delicious. All right, so uh, Janai. Yes. All right, so uh, once again, I want you to tell us uh, your, your, your website there. Janai for Texas. Janai for Texas. Uh, we need to make sure that we support Janai. Want to definitely go to her website and donate to her campaign. You know, uh, we got to support our candidates. You know, to make sure that you know our candidates going forward uh, are going to speak for us and you know have our voice in D.C. We're talking U.S. Congress here. We're talking Washington D.C. Uh, this is a very important election. Very important. This is it. This is the last stand here. This next. This midterm election is going to be so important because so many things are going to come out. <clears throat> We're going to have so many different cases that are going to court right now. They're going to the, um, you know, the on the federal level. They're going to the uh, Court of Appeals, and they're going to make their way to the Supreme Court. And then here's why it's important, because your appeal, your appellate courts, what they're doing is they're writing, they're sending letters to Congress and said, hey, Congress. Here's what we thought about, you know, this particular portion of the law. And this is how it's probably going to come out. Like for bump stocks, the court in New Orleans actually said, you know what? We actually agree that Michael Cargill is correct. You know, they didn't actually say this, but in so many words, this here's what they said. You know, without saying it, you know, you, you, you say I'm right without saying I'm right. In so many words, they're like, hey, you know, Michael Cargill is right. You know, the definition of machine gun um, and, and, and the ATF's interpretation is not correct. So bump stocks really should be legal. They're not machine gun. It's a part, it's a piece. But, you know, we're going to you know, we're gonna deny, you know, what he's saying. We're going to send it back down or to the lower court, or he's going to have to uh, request on bunk for this case to be heard before the entire uh, Fifth Circuit. And then the Fifth Circuit will hear this case, and then possibly this case will go to the Supreme Court. We'll see what happens there. They sent a letter to Congress saying, Congress, take a look at this portion of the law, and you need to rewrite the law. So they're asking Congress to rewrite the definition of machine gun. Let me say that again. The Fifth Circuit is asking, sent a letter from my case, Michael Cargill versus the Department of Justice, Versus uh, this current administration, when it comes to bump stocks, they sent a letter to Congress asking Congress to rewrite the definition of bump stock in law. And if we're not paying attention, this next Congress will decide to either rewrite the law or keep it the same. This election is very important. You're going to lose some rights if you're not paying attention. 
So wake up and smell the coffee. This is serious. I'm sounding the alarm here. I'm ringing the bell. I get people from time after time will come to me and they say, Michael, what can I do, you know, to help the cause? You know, what can I do, you know, to, you know, to you know, stand up for our rights? Here's your calling. I'm ringing the bell. I'm sounding the alarm. This is a time right now to support a candidate that's going to help us, you know, to keep what we have. You know, if you do not stand up and fight now, you're going to you're going to lose. First, they came for this. No one said anything. Then they came for the next thing. No one said anything there. And then now, guess what? They're going to come for the next thing. And then by that time, it's too late. It's going to be, well, too late. So now's the time. Stand up and do something now. And don't be like these people in Ohio. <laughs> we're, we're fire rounds in the air. Oh, my goodness. Ohio. Come on. Get that stuff together, Ohio. Let's, we can do better. Be best. <laughs> Definitely be better. All right. So I also want to talk about the Rust Armorer, you know, in the uh, the shooting there with Alec Baldwin. Oh, yeah. He finally turned over his cell phone, right? Yeah. Did he? I think so. Oh, I oh read Alec. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he did. He's Yeah, you're right. He finally turned over the cell phone there. So, okay, okay, okay. Here's my cell phone. And, and now the Armorer is actually trying to shift the blame, pass the buck. What? Onto the ammo manufacturers. Okay, why, why are they responsible? <laughs> the same reason that Alec Baldwin is not responsible, right? Because he doesn't want to be. And he blames the armorer. The armorer doesn't want to be responsible. They, so I think they he's blame responsible. The manufacturer. Of course he, he is. He's the one with the gun in his hand. Yeah, and I'm, I'm sure he took, he, they, they were actually firing the gun at the gun range. They were probably practicing with his gun. And they mixed the ammunition in the box themselves. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's they negligent. were training. It Was it the day before or the morning of? Yeah. With live rounds in those guns. Yeah, completely negligent. And but why would you do didn't that? Didn't the girl, um, uh, the trainer, uh, say, isn't she suing him too? Because she said that she tried to train him and he never showed up. There's a lawsuit. Well, he's the executive producer. And as the executive producer, you're the buck stops with you. Yeah. When it comes I to mean, movies. He's so arrogant. That interview I saw where he said, somebody is responsible, but not me. It's like, you had the gun. You're the, you're the actor <laughs> with the gun in your hand. You're the executive producer. Here he's gonna be responsible. <laughs> I mean, you. at least some. Oh, but a to lot. say, I know, I agree. But for him to say not at all, uh, well, I'm not surprised him, right? I'm not surprised. <laughs> uh, as someone says, "Stupid is as stupid does." <laughs> Has anybody heard the voicemail he left for his daughter back in the day? Oh yeah, I remember oh, that. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, he's definitely got an anger problem. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember that. Yeah. His daughter sitting back going, huh? See, I told you guys. <laughs> right. <laughs> Got saved on my phone. That's right. She released that. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. The daughter yeah. released that video. Ooh, his that own audio. Daughter. Oh, wow. Your daughter don't even like you. That's how miserable person that is. <laughs> your, kids, your kids don't even like you. Mm. You know you're rotten to the core. He hated Trump, too. Oh, Did I he? know. That's why I think it's kind of I'm funny. surprised Trump hasn't commented. I come know. I'm surprised Trump hasn't commented about that. I haven't heard anything. He probably did. We just haven't heard it. But, oh, man, that's got to be hilarious. I know he's sitting back going, ha, ha. All right, let's see a Saturday he, night. he did a rally yesterday in did Arizona, right? But Fox didn't cover it. They were covering mm. uh, the uh, hostage situation but apparently it was a record-setting uh amount of people that went oh yeah they're trying newsmax to like... carried it you can i, I want to watch it you can see it on, on newsmax i think try to pretend like there nothing's going on nothing's happening i and said he's gonna Dish run. network just dropped oan as one of their channels oh really once their contract ends they're not gonna keep them on wow oh wow all right, we come back, we're going to talk about smart guns, going to talk about Rittenhouse gun purchaser. Ooh, and talk about that. You know, straw purchase, what is that? You need to know what that is. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk. Hi, this is Stephen Wolford, the Barefoot Defender. I get my global gun news from Michael Cargill at Come and Talk. Talk 1370, the right choice. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're back. We're talking about current events around the country here. Uh, we're talking about, let's see, smart guns. Smart guns finally arrived. 
uh, in the U.S. is what they're saying. So NBC News ran a story where they're talking about these smart guns. And we're talking about smart guns. Here's what we're saying. So basically, you know, the gun knowing that that gun is unique to that user. Which gun? Uh, I'm just looking forward (laughs) into the future with smart guns. So it's it's going to be the way of the future. Yeah, a smart gun. Got to embrace it. Uh, they can only be fired by verified users, right? And right. these are undoubtedly going to be connected wirelessly to the Internet of Things, and they're going to be in the and I, system. And okay? I'm I'm skeptic. I'm a skeptic. Yeah. What if uh, because... What if you're all of a sudden decided that you are no longer a Just verified what you think user? Doing day. Yeah, you ever seen uh, what's that movie? Uh, uh, Judge Dredd? Yes. So his gun basically was a smart gun, right? right? And the criminal tried to shoot it and he couldn't. Only Judge Dredd could shoot his gun, right? And so they can just decide at any time that your gun is not able to be shot by you. Ooh. Uh-huh. Ooh, they can turn it off. Yeah, they could turn your gun off if they want. Ooh. Oh, police are coming to your house. They're here to issue a warrant. They turn your gun turn off. Turn off his gun first. Oh. Yeah. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Hey, you know what? And and I know when I, I grab my cell phone, and you know how you use your thumbprint, your 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 fingerprint to access your phone? Does you it work all the time when you no, do it? No, it does not. No. <laughs> it does not work. So I turned it off because I got so frustrated because it wasn't working all the time. And then even when I go to put my code in, you know, if I if I type too quick, it doesn't register. And I have to do it. Sometimes I have to do it like three times before mm-hmm. I can get the code right. Yeah, so I've get seen into you my phone. mess it up a few times in a row before. Yeah, yeah. It's like I'm not hitting it right. It's not the right angle or something like that. I'm like, man, I don't want that. I don't want to be in that situation where I have to use a firearm for self-defense and I can't get it to go green or get it to work. My my, I have nightmares about that. You know, grabbing a firearm, needing to use it for self defense, and pulling the trigger, and nothing happens. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's a nightmare. I'm telling you right now. So these personalized smart guns, which can be fired only by verified users, may finally be uh, finally become available in the U.S. According to some consumers, there, after two decades of questions about re- reliability and concerns, they will usher in a new wave of government regulation. Ooh, I'm excited about that. Not. <laughs> a four-year-old Lodestar Works on Friday unveiled a its nine-millimeter smart handgun for shareholders and investors in Boise, Idaho, and a Kansas company, Smart Guns LLC, says law enforcement agents agents are beta beta testing its product, a similar but simpler model. Uh, both companies hope to have a product commercially available this year. So we'll see, you know, what comes of that. Um, like I said, I'm, you know, I'm very skeptical because I know when I, you know, when I need something, you know, really quick, I'm trying to get access to something that thumbprint sometimes doesn't work or that code, you know, I'm doing it, you know, a certain kind of way on my phone sometimes doesn't work. So I'm kind of, you know, I'm kind of worried about that. I want no part of that. <laughs> and I definitely don't want someone else to be able to control that, you know, and keep me from getting access to it. Because it's know? not going to be a dumb smart gun. Right. It's going to have some sort of connectivity <laughs> to the mesh network. Right? Want a dumb smart gun or a smart smart gun? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. And Cal, the Cal Rittenhouse gun purchase. Uh, people are talking about that this week. So the guy that bought the gun for Cal Rittenhouse, uh, finally uh, he, made, he had a plea deal. He made a plea deal. The Wisconsin man who purchased the AR-15 style uh, rifle for Calvin House. Finally, you know, he was actually faced with a felony. Because I don't know if you know this. If you walk into a gun store and you buy a gun for someone, knowing that that, that person cannot pass a background check, cannot actually walk out of the gun store with that firearm, you're committing a felony, which is a straw purchase. You're buying a gun for someone else, knowing that they cannot buy it. Now, there's a fine line between that. Because people say, okay, well, Michael, what if I want to buy, you know, my brother my son or buy my friend a gift you can buy someone a gift but what you know you can give someone a gift but what you cannot do is you cannot walk to the gun store knowingly uh walk to the gun store and buy a gun knowing that that person cannot take possession of the firearm you know so you can buy it just fine for a person that as a gift you don't know cannot take possession of it (laughs) 
Is that correct? It's it's a it's a weird it's or a is weird that still line a there. straw purchase. If if someone wanted to buy a gun for their friend and they bought it with the intention of giving it to them, even if they have a free and clear background check, can they still do that or no? It, or is that still a straw purchase? It's 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 a still it's a fine line there because uh, the very you know one of the first questions that you're going to have to answer says, hey. Are you the actual transferee buyer of the firearm listed on this form in any continuation sheet? You know, so warning. If you are not the actual transferee or buyer, if you are requiring the firearm on behalf of another person, if you are not the actual transferee or buyer, the license cannot licensee cannot transfer the firearm to you. Exceptions. If you are only picking up a repaired firearm for another person, you are not required to answer 21A and may proceed to 21B. So, so if it's like a gunsmithing, you know, you don't have to answer 21A. You can skip 21A and just go to 21B if you're picking up a gun for someone else for gunsmithing. But all that, that's going to be up to the gun store. You know, the gun store can say, yeah, no, nah, we don't want to you know, do that. We want the person that dropped off the gun for gunsmithing to come in and pick it up. You know, so it's, it's, it's kind of tricky in there. Kind of tricky. What do you think? I mean, it's all about intent then, right? Yeah. And, and the laws are really, really funny because if you're in Texas because we border Mexico and you walk to the gun store and you purchase two handguns in a five-day period, two long guns in a five-day period, that gun store has a report. You fill out a form and fax it in that day to the FBI and the chief law enforcement officer in the county that you live in. What about one handgun and one long gun? Then no. They don't, those no. Criteria? no paperwork. No oh, paperwork. Okay. Yeah. And so and, and here's the kicker, too. If the gun store has a manufacturer's license, a manufacturer's FFL, they don't have to report long gun sales. So, for example, we have a manufacturer's license, so we don't report long gun sales. So we only report handgun sales. You mean two long gun sales? We don't report those. Oh, but because we have a manufacturer's FFL, federal firearms license. Ah, okay. So we only report the handgun sales. And we can't tell you that when you walk to the gun store. You know, because then we're obstructing justice, apparently. So we can't warn you and educate you about that. So that's kind of how that works. Yeah. What do you think about that? A little tricky about the gun laws. Very tricky. A little tricky. All right. I want to thank Janai Aragona for coming in and telling us about her running for Congress, U.S. Congress. All right. So hopefully some people go to the uh, website there, donate to the campaign. I'm looking forward to block walking for you, looking forward to supporting you. Thank uh, you. Because this midterm election is very important. We've got to make sure that our voices are heard and that, you know, it's D.C., it's Washington, D.C., it's the swamp. We need to send people to D.C. that's going to fight for us. As always, more guns equals less crime. You go out there and you buy yourself a gun. You've been listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill.